thing I want to celebrate with you. Uh, because of your generosity, we were able to bless a, a handful of families with Christmas toys this Christmas season. So I want to show you a picture here. You have a car full of toys, and that's always an incredible thing to do. Uh, and these are local Bluffton families. And so thank you so much for your generosity, yes, uh, that we were able to do that. Uh, we didn't do a, a massive toy drive. We've done that in the past. We're going to kind of revisit that for next year. Uh, but it was great because we just prayed, and God uh, had a couple of people in our church and people outside of our church who said, hey, we have money. Uh, we want, and if you come across anybody that needs toys, and then literally that same week, all of a sudden, Rachel, our children's director, comes up and she says, hey, uh, we have all of these families that I know about. We want to help bless them. And so it's incredible to see how God works behind the scenes like that. And it's, it's really cool. And uh, we were talking, I was like, it, it makes you um, just realize how small we are sometimes and how much God is working around us. And it's always a humbling thing, but it's an incredible thing. And I believe that's what we're called to do as the local church. We're just the bridge, right? We're connecting people to Jesus. And, and so thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Daniel Kaznave. I have the honor and privilege to be the pastor here at the Bridge Church. Uh, and we are in a series called the Christmas list. That's right. You guys are so smart. Christmas list. Uh, we started it last week. We wrapped up a series studying through the book of Daniel. And uh, we're looking at the Christmas story. And a lot of times Christmas uh, comes with a lot of uh, mixed emotions, right? Where uh, you have uh, the excitement of, I'm, I'm going to give these things away. We have the excitement of Christmas, but then we also have our Christmas list that has to get done, right? And it can feel endless and it can feel tiring and it can feel like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this and this is incredibly difficult and it can become also heavy, right? And so for us, our goal is to say, what does God provide on his Christmas list? What is his focus this Christmas season? And so we're going to be in Luke chapter one today. Luke chapter one, if you have your Bibles, I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts, but uh, we're going to be there. And then we have a few supporting verses as well, uh, but we'll have the verses for you on the screens just to connect. And so let's pray together and ask God just to speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for each and every person that is here today, uh, the people that are in this room, but also listening online. And, and I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. God, we know that uh, this Christmas season, there is this great expectation, this great hope, this great joy and peace that we have in this story, God. But there's also some sorrow that can happen, some grief and some struggle and, and trials that can be before us. And I just pray over these next few moments, God, that you would just take those burdens off of our shoulders, that you would open our hearts to receive your word and receive your truth. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. And so last week we talked about joy and peace and where do joy and peace come from and, and how do we walk in joy and peace this holiday season. And so today we're going to talk about the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope. And I don't know if you've heard the famous line from the uh, Christmas song, but it goes like this till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I love that. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Those are beautiful lyrics that were written hundreds of years ago. But that's a reminder that there is a thrill of hope to Christmas. There is this aspect of hope. And I started studying the idea of hope a couple of weeks ago to prepare for this message. And uh, no, I mean, not to my surprise, we see that hope is all 
over the Bible. Just there wasn't we could do a whole series just on hope after the verse after verse after verse that talks about the hope of glory, that talks about the hope of Christ and what that looks like. But I kind of want to get a survey in the room real quick. Um, how many people love to do love a good old bonfire? You guys love a good bonfire? Yes, me too. Um, it's starting to finally get cold in the low country. It only takes till like half of December, uh, but it, it finally is getting cold and the bonfires are coming out and you can actually do it without sweating to death, right? And so uh, I, I love a good bonfire with my family too. When we load the bricks up and the fire gets going so good. Uh, well, uh, I have kind of younger kids, elementary age kids, and one of the things they do, uh, they like to do, of course, I don't know why this uh, infatuation with fire at that at that age, right? Like you just want, let's make it bigger. Let's make it bigger. And so they want to throw more logs on. Well, we had a bonfire the other night and uh, they wanted to do the same thing, but except they took all of this pine straw, right? We have pine straw in our backyard and they were raking it all together. And they just took a whole pile and they were like, let's see how big we can get. And so they threw a little bit on and it was like, Woof, right? And it started uh, flaming up and they're like, this is awesome, right? They're boys. So like, this is awesome and all of that. And then they grabbed like a big pile and some of it's a little wet and they throw it on there. And all of a sudden, this big heaping cloud of smoke just billows up in the air. And I'm like, oh, the fire department's going to get called. This is going to be embarrassing, right? And like all of this. But they took all of that pine straw and threw it on there. And it created all of this smoke because you and I know what? It smothers the fire, right? And when I, I was reminded of that story, especially when we talk about hope. Because we hear the word hope all the time. And it's like this ember. And if you have hope, and if you're in a season of hope, it feels like this red-hot fire, right? Like, I'm excited about life. I'm, I'm optimistic about the future, and I can see all of these things. But I think if we're honest with each other, there are seasons of life when it just feels like it's just billows of smoke, right? Like, life has just smothered out all the hope. And it can feel like, you know what, I, it just feels heavy. I can't even see the flame anymore. I can't see the smoke. Where is the ember, the hope? How can we even talk about hope when I feel this way? And I believe that life, I mean, for every single person you live long enough, we'll experience that, right? We'll experience the heaviness and the weight that just feels like it is smothering out. And, and maybe we're praying and asking God and asking our friends and having conversations with our own mind. God, how can I even have hope? How can I even understand what's next, God? I, I'm barely making it through today, the first minute, the first hour. How can I experience that hope? And I think there's a group of people in the Bible who relate to you and I in that situation. You see, God's people in the Old Testament, and this is why I love, this is how good God is. And we just got done studying the book of Daniel. And that set us up for Christmas because now we understand partly what the journey for God's people looked like. In the Old Testament, they were oppressed and they would move for the next moment and then they would become oppressed again, right? And it was like they, they would get free for a moment, experience freedom in Christ. They're moving into the promised land, right? And then they go back into captivity. They go back into being slaves, right? And it just seemed like back and forth. And then in the book of Daniel, they were in Babylon, right? Held in captivity. But then hundreds of years later, guess what? The Roman Empire came in and it oppressed the Jewish people again. And so at the end there, we see it was Jesus is coming in. The Roman Empire has uh, created all of these tax laws and all of these uh, suppressing moments for the Jewish people. And they were sent to the outskirts of the city and, and they were left feeling hopeless again. 
And here they are memorizing like whole books of the Old Testament. And they're reading all of these promises. When the Messiah comes, he comes with the sword and his, his eternal kingdom will reign forever. And when the Messiah, the chosen one comes, right? They're reading all these verses. When he comes, everyone will be set free. Everyone. And they're reading all of this and they have this kind of hope. But I can only imagine after all of this time, they're like, God, is, it, is, is this even going to happen? Are we going to get the, the Messiah, the Savior, the chosen one? Are they going to set us free? It's like we keep going from oppression to oppression. And here we are. And so we get the glimpse of Luke chapter one and what this looks like, because all of a sudden an angel appears to these almost young adult teenage people who are getting ready to be engaged to be married, where you have Mary and Joseph and they're engaged. And this angel all of a sudden appears to Mary and makes this declaration that everything is about to change, not just for them. But for all humanity, like everything is going to change. The calendar is going to change. History is going to change. Everything is going to change right here in this moment. And this is where we pick up here in Luke chapter one. And uh, we're going to start in verse 30. And so we see that the angel Gabriel appears and we just finished the book of Daniel. So we know that Gabriel appeared in the book of Daniel. He brings these messages all throughout the Bible. And uh, we see that there's only really two angels that are named in the Bible. We got Michael and Gabriel. And so Gabriel is that messenger angel that God sends out to deliver these big messages or interpret dreams or whatever that may be. And so the angel Gabriel, we, we don't know a lot about Gabriel, but we know every time he shows up, this awestruck fear falls over people and they hit the ground and go, oh, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And the Bible even describes Gabriel as literally being in the presence of the Lord, that he is standing there with the Lord. And so anyway, uh, we have the angel Gabriel here in Luke chapter one, verse 30. Everybody doing okay? All right. You look good. So I like to tell you that, you know, Luke chapter one, verse 30, it says this, do not be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and he will be named and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel is prophesying and he's telling Mary that, hey, all of the Old Testament prophecies that that you have heard and listened about, and he connects it to the son of David. Hey, because the prophecy said that the Messiah will come through the lineage of David. And we see that Joseph is through the family line of David. And we see how the angel is connecting all of that to prove what God says will come to pass. What God says will come true. And so he begins to name all that. But you, you hear the language of this. He's saying the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, right? That's a kingship. He will take over. He will be king and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And so he's using this terminology of, hey, you've been bouncing from king to king to now emperor and all of these people who have been in charge and, and, and holding you back. But now when Jesus comes, right? And so you could get the mindset where the disciples kept asking Jesus, like, okay, when are we going to take over? When are we going to take over this Roman Empire? When is this going to happen? Because they kept thinking about the now, right? They kept seeing what was going on now. But Jesus was like, I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking eternity. I'm thinking forever and ever that no matter what kingdom, what situation, no what party comes in, my kingdom will reign forever. And then he continues here in verse 34. It says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby to be born will be holy. That's huge. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph in this moment? They're engaged to be married. And now an angel is telling them about the future that, hey, you're going to conceive a son. And she goes, hold up. I'm a virgin, right? Like, I, we don't need to have that conversation, right? But, but she's like, how can this be? How, like, how is this going to happen? He's saying, well, the, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you because the Messiah will be holy. The Messiah will be conceived from a holy God. And because Jesus is holy, because he is 100% man and 100% God, it was because of his sacrifice on the cross, because he was perfect and holy, that all, every sin that has ever been committed could be placed on his shoulders at the cross. Because only a perfect sacrifice can atone for the sins of past, present, and future. And Jesus was the holy one that has come. And he's telling her this, right? And then Joseph, could you imagine the conversation between Mary and Joseph of going, hey, I know we're engaged, but uh, the angel just appeared to me and I'm pregnant and God is the father, right? Could you just like, whoa, hold, hold the phone here. Let, let's talk about this. And so the angel later comes and appears to Joseph and confirms this dream in him. And so the faith that it took for Mary and Joseph to hear this word from the angel and go, you know what? Not only is this true, but we're going to reorient our lives off this prophecy, off of what this is going. We believe this so much that we're going to step into this. And they changed their whole lives around the Messiah was coming and that she was going to give birth around uh, this moment. And so we see the faith that it took for them. But as, as you and I look at this, and we look about and think about the term hope. Because hope here in the Christmas story is wrapped up right in the center. Because the, the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah to come. We are all waiting for the Messiah to come. And here in the Christmas story, we see that hope has come himself of saying, Now the, the, the kingdom, as we look at that again, it says that, And he will reign over Israel, and his kingdom will never end. And he is saying that the Messiah, when he comes, he is setting up a new kingdom that is not contained by this world. And that you and I have a new hope because our hope is based off of who Christ is. And there's a key verse in here, in, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 37. And this is what the angel reassures Mary with this verse. And I hope that you're reassured by this same verse here. This is a beautiful verse to memorize if you would like. It says, for the word of God will never fail. And if you've read other translations, uh, like the ESV says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. And he is trying to reassure Mary that, hey, all of this you're hearing may sound a little crazy right now. It takes a big faith step. But what I want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. And they are instilling, the angels instilling hope into Mary and Joseph of going, look, you're, you can still be excited about this because the word of God never fails. You can, be, you can have hope in this because 
Nothing is impossible with God. And that is a truth that I hope you and I can cling to because that's a truth for for our lives to remember. Because the enemy is going to come at us and go, oh, I'm sure the enemy whispered to Mary, right? On those days where maybe she didn't feel pregnant or the other people were questioning her and telling Joseph, you should leave her. How can you believe what she is saying? How can you believe that that is happening, right? All of the doubts inside of her head, but she had to go back to what the angel said. What is impossible with man is possible with God. That what God says has to come to pass. And she would know this because she read the Old Testament and she saw how God's promises continue to come true over and over again. When God says something, it comes to pass. We just got done studying the book of Daniel, right? And all of those prophecies came to pass. And for you and I to realize when God speaks and he says something in his word, it will come to pass. And you and I, our hope is rooted in what God says. Our hope is rooted in in our faith in Christ. And a lot of times we our hope can be rooted in situation and things and relationships that are around us. Right. Because those can start to smother out the fire of hope that is in us. And when we take our hope and we say, you know what? Uh, and, and I can get in this uh, habit, even this mindset. Oh, when this happens, uh, everything will be a little easier, right? Oh, when we get to this season of life, uh, I will be able to kind of slow down. When, we, when this happens next week, this, this will begin to happen. When we make this amount of money financially, it's just going to be a little smoother, right? If I can just meet that one person, right? And, and I get in relationship with them, then everything will begin to get smooth. But we're taking our hope and we're placing it on a person and on a situation that was never meant for that worship, Because when we place our hope in Christ, that is worship. And he is the only one that can sustain that. He is the only one that can that that can allow that to happen in us. And he is the only one who can make the statement like Luke 137. The word of God will never fail. He's the only one that can say nothing is impossible with God. And so our hope has to rest in Christ. Our hope has to start with Christ and start in Christ. And so that our hope can flow from what he says. Right. Because here's the thing. Uh, We talked about life and how it can smother it up and the expectations we have about life or the expectations we have about other people or the relationship that we thought we were going to have. And I'm just not at this season of life where I thought I was going to be. I'm not connected. We're not here in this right moment. Right. And the expectation and the thing about hope is, is it's not unrealistic expectation. Because some things didn't happen the way we expected, right? I mean, heartache still happened. Suffering still happened. We lost that family member. We uh, lost that relationship or we got uh, lost that job. Whatever it may be, I I hoped, I believe, right? But yet it didn't happen the way I expected. And we have to take a moment and take a step back and go, you know what, God, I don't fully understand why this happened or why this is even happening, God. But my hope is not in that. My hope is in you. And by the hope, my prayer is about the hope, the hope that at the end of this message is that we fully understand this and we know where we can hang our hope on to receive what that looks like. And so I want to get us to to see here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews is actually an incredible book to read about hope. Hebrews chapter 6, we don't have time to get into it. You have time later on to read Hebrews chapter 6. It is incredible, especially on hope. But Hebrews 11.1, kind of this famous verse, says this, Faith shows the reality 
of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see, right? Hope, faith is the reality of what we hope for. I love that. And if you're taking notes here, I'd love for you to write this down. The deeper our faith is rooted in Christ, the more hopeful we become. The deeper rooted our faith is, the more hopeful we become in Christ. Because my hope is rooted in my faith in Christ. And actually, faith is the reality of what that hope looks like. And I, I remember this story uh, when I was a kid. And I remember asking my mom, th- this was around the season when the PlayStation came out. And um, we didn't grow up very wealthy. And so I was like, oh, I want a PlayStation. Can we get a PlayStation, a new gaming console? Like, I want this. Come on, mom, can I get this right? You know how kids are. And like over and over again. And her response was, I'm not sure we can afford it. I'm not sure we can afford it. I'm not sure we can afford it, right? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want the PlayStation, right? And, and I begin to think about it. And, and just they, every time I'd ask her, right? Just every time, oh, I think I'm about PlayStation. I don't think we can afford it. I don't think we can afford it. I remember uh, Christmas morning coming down the stairs and, um, that we opened up all of our presents and, you know, as a kid, you know, like I've already asked a hundred times, you already told me, I already know, like we can't get it. And I remember all walking through all that and wrestling through that, right? Like the expectation and ripping through all the presents and I'm like shoes, shirt, pajama, come on, right? Like all of this. And, and we opened up all the presents and there was no PlayStation. And we're thinking, oh man, right? And then my mom goes, hang on, I think there's something else over here, right? Sneaky, sneaky. And she pulls out, and I rip open the box, and I see the P on PlayStation, and I lose my mind. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I run at the door. I literally, like, kick the door open. My cousin lived down the street, and I'm running down the street holding this PlayStation. It's like 6.30 in the morning. And, like, banging on his window, like, do, 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 do. And then he opens the door. I'm like, PlayStation, right? Like, just, just exciting, like, ah, here it is right and I remember that feeling right but it was that hopeful expectation and here's what faith does I believe because when our faith is connected uh, to Christ for me my faith is in Christ and if what the Lord says has to come to pass and I root my faith in his promises right now my faith which is the way I believe and the way I act right now those begin to change off of what he says the way I believe and the way way I act began to happen because my hope is rooted in Christ. Like I should have been in my room. If the Lord said you're going to, I'm not saying the Lord's going to give you a PlayStation. Okay. Just stick with me here. But if the Lord says something, I should have been in my room practicing, right? Like my, I'm getting get my thumbs warmed up ready because if the Lord says it, it has to come to pass, right? And if we look at God's promises, not saying he's going to give you a PlayStation. I'm just trying to make that clear. But if we look at his promises and he says, nothing is impossible with God. And we begin to pray and we begin to believe and behave off of our faith in Christ. It changes our hope of going, God, your promises said. I remember when we were planting this church and starting out for the very first time and there were multiple people who said, you need to reconsider this. I'm not sure that that this should happen, right? Like uh, you're going to have to raise money. You're going to have to find a play. All of these different things and us and the Clarks and just like uh, one other family are together. So you're talking about 15, 16 people in a circle starting, right? And we begin to pray and ask God, but God's word says that if you pray, 
proclaim my name, I will build my church, right? And our hope was in that, of going, you know what? We're going to proclaim the name of Christ. We're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep behaving and believing. And our hope is rooted in that, right? And so I am hopeful. I had this hopeful expectation. And if you look at this root word, hope, it means expectation, Right. We put this expectation on God and he can handle that. But I think the the trick and the tension that you and I feel is we have to find out what is God's word and what is what I want. Right. Because that's the tension. Right. God, this is what I want. But God is saying it's my word that will never fail. Not Daniel's every single prayer. Right. But it's God's word will never fail. And he's saying, I want you to be rooted in that. But I think for you and I to understand, to regain our hope or to uh, fan the flame of hope in us, we realize what Hebrews 11, 1 says. And then this also says in Romans 5 verses 3 and 5, it says we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And I want to show you this again in Romans 15, 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of what? Hope, right? God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with what? Confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is saying, if you will place your hope and your faith in me. And so I want to reverse engineer this a little bit. And then we're going to close and land the plane. But the the thing that we see here is that faith feeds my hope. My faith, and when my faith is rooted in Christ, it feeds my hope because it says that God is the source of hope. I hope you're picking up a theme here, joy and peace. Who's the source of joy and peace? God. Who's the source of hope? God. And so when we connect and grow with God, he is the one that supplies joy. He is the one that supplies peace. He is the one that supplies hope. And so for me, it's not God. Can you bend your ear down to what I need? Can you bend your ear down? But it's you and I aligning with the will of God and going, my hope is in you, Jesus. My hope is in your salvation. My hope is in your plans, right? I'm adjusting my behavior and my belief to what you have said, God. Because if I do that, uh, Luke one thirty seven says what? For nothing is impossible with God. And I can bet my life on it. That's what the disciples went out to, all out to all of these nations, all of these worlds. Because he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. You are vulnerable, but yet I'm going to provide. I'm going to open up doorways. You're going to see opportunities begin to happen. I'm going to work through you. And they could have taken and said, you know what? I just don't believe God you're going to do that. But they took the step and they trusted God at his word. They trusted Jesus' word. And Peter stood up and in one day, 3,000 people gave their lives to him. That wouldn't have happened if he hadn't changed 
his belief and his behavior and his hope was, if I just believe in what God's word says and I take him at it and I walk in that, I have to get back to that. So if you and I are wrestling with that, how do I feed my faith? The Romans 10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And so if I get into the word of God, if I get into God's message, it begins to feed my faith. If my faith is getting fed, then guess what? My hope is going to grow. The more I feed my faith, the more my hope is going to grow, right? The more I can reorient my life around the things of Christ of going, I can believe in this. I can hope in this. I can give to this. I can uh, serve to this. I can do all of these things because I have a hopeful expectation that God is going to continue to move in my life and in their life and through my life and all of these opportunities. And we can begin to see and feel the hope again. But it's that moment of getting back and connecting to God and what he has for us. And so for you and I, I'd love to kind of start to begin to land the plane in this. I want to give us one uh, takeaway that God has really placed on my heart. But I'm reminded of the story in the Old Testament. There's a man named Abraham, and before his name was Abraham, his name was Abram. And, uh, and actually, he and his wife had trouble having kids. And it wasn't until late in his years that he began to see the fruitfulness of what God's promise to him. Or there's this moment where God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And he has this conversation with God. And here he is. He, he, he's not the father in, uh, of many things here, but he changes his name and says, you know what, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he does something. This is so good. He tells Abraham, he says, hey, I want you to come outside with me. And he takes Abraham outside and he goes, I want you to look up. And I want you to look at all the stars. I want you to start counting all the stars. And here's Abraham outside looking at the stars again, probably feeling a little ridiculous. One, two, three, right? Look at all of these stars. And then God looks down and whispers to him a promise of going, you see these stars? This is going to be like your descendants. You are going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham begins to change his life off of that promise. And guess what? We see all the way through the Old Testament that God fulfilled that promise in Abraham. And we see that you and I, when we look at what God's word says and his promises, he begins to restore that hope in us. We can look and cling to the promises that are in God's word. Like Romans eight twenty eight. we talk about this one a lot. God will work all things out according to those who love him, right? I know even as hard and as terrible as this situation is right now, I know, I believe, I have a hopeful expectation that God is going to work this out for the good of those who love him, right? Like uh, God's going to continue to work in that. I can cling to a promise where he says, I will build my church, right? I can believe in that. I believe in revelations where it says there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, right? I have a hopeful expectation to know that on my very worst day, that is my hope is to be face to face with Jesus, right? I believe that God says, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost, those who have placed their faith in me. I believe that, right? And that, that is the hopeful expectation that I have in my life. I believe that God says he can restore relationships. 
I believe that, right? I can place my hope in him. I believe that God says he can forgive us of the things that are in our past. And I can, and my hope is in that because I believe my faith is rooted that God can, will not only forgive, but he will take our past. And it, Bridge guys are having a good time. Hear that? Okay. Um, he said, I, not only will I forgive your past, but I will take that mess and I will turn it into a message. I will take that moment. I believe that I can have hope in it. Right. I believe that God can restore marriages. I believe that God can change a nation. I believe God can change a nation. But I believe it's through the local church. And when we you and I get together and go, you know what? I have hope. I believe that God can still move. I believe that if we're rooted in his word, I believe that if we turn from sin and turn to God. He will begin to restore not only things in my heart, heal things in my heart that my family carried for generations but he can begin to heal those things right and the hopeful expectation begins to change in us because of where our faith is rooted right and the more i grow in my faith in christ the more hopeful i become right and as situations and circumstances begin to come around me, I believe that God is going to continue to, to take care and God's going to make the path straight and whatever that may be because I'm following his will. And so if you're sitting here today and you're, you're kind of asking the question, what should I do, Daniel? I, I, when the, the thing that I described at the beginning, where I just feel like life has smoked out all of my hope. I feel maybe you've used the word. I feel hopeless. I, I, it's hard for me to dream again. It's hard for me to believe that God has a hope and a future for me and has these plans. Ephesians 2 says that what? That God has good works that he planned long ago. Can you imagine that? The creator of the universe looked at every single one of you, looked at me and created good works for us to do a long time ago. And you and I can begin to live into that faith. And so I want to give you this here. And this is what was heavy on my heart is for those of us who maybe we felt like the hope was smoked out a little bit. And for you and I, the, the best place to start is when we restore our hope in God, he will restore our hope in the everyday. God is saying, I want you to focus on me. Get your faith connection with me because if you feed your faith in me, I'll take care of the everyday. I'll start to show you things and decisions you need to make and uh, things you need to say. But if you will restore your hope in me, I will restore the everyday, that the things that we face. And you may be thinking there's a moment where you and I may be in God's word and we read a promise or we read something and the Holy Spirit begins to spark something in our minds of going, God, can you use me to do that? God, can you help me to restore this? God, can you move in my life through this? And all of a sudden, the hope begins to arise again because we're pursuing the presence of God. Because God begins to stir that up in us. And then it's an opportunity for you and I to go, oh, God, I, I believe in faith that you're speaking to me in this. I believe in faith that that is happening, just like Mary and Joseph, right? They get a word from the Lord. They get a word from an angel. And they have to step out in faith, this hope, right, that no, maybe not even anybody else can understand, right? But they say, you know what? I have hope that the Messiah is coming. And the Christmas story is a reminder of that hope for you and for me. That Jesus, how he prophesied all through the Old Testament, he said the Messiah would come and he came, right? Right? 
And so for you and I to say, you know what, I'm going to start with God and start with his promises. And that's my kind of a prayer for you and I, that maybe for you, it's I, I need to find a promise in God's word and I'm going to cling to it. I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to ask God, how are you working in my life through this? How can I work in that? You could read Romans chapter eight. You can read through the book of Psalms or the book of Proverbs or look at Ephesians chapter two of God's plan for believers and whatever that may be. And you say, you know what? This is a promise for me right now. I'm going to cling to it. I'm going to pray through it. God, can you restore the hope in me? Can I begin to change my life around this promise that you have for me? Because we're praying back. We're we're moving in the, the hearts of God because that's his word, his truth. In Roman or Luke chapter one, verse 37 says that nothing is impossible with God. Right. For his word will never fail. So we can cling to those promises of what that looks like for what has for us. So I just want to pray for us. Ask God to speak to our hearts here today. And because I believe we're in all maybe different seasons, different scenarios of life. And that is the beauty and the thrill of hope that God can move. And I believe that he can in your life. I believe he can here in this area. I believe he can still in this nation. I believe there is this thrill of hope that as we continue to trust God in every aspect of our life. And so let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for hope. Thank you for your son, Jesus, God, that died on the cross for us, that opened up the doorway for us to have hope. God, I pray that you would just continue to feed our faith so that our hope will grow in you, God. I pray that you will begin to to speak these dreams inside of our hearts of whatever the next steps may be. I believe there, I, I know, God, that there are ministries here in this room that you're placing on people's hearts and minds that maybe we've laid to the side for a season because we didn't believe it would happen. God, I pray that you stir those things up in us. Maybe uh, there is uh, where we've lost hope in a relationship or a situation, whatever it may be. God, I pray that you restore that hope. And I pray that we would cling to your promises, God. And I pray that we would declare your promises. I pray that we would begin to place our faith the way we believe and behave, God, in your promises. I pray that you continue to remind us inside of our hearts and minds of what that could look like, God. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.